Spartacus' daughter, The Life and Struggles of Rosa Luxemburg, a podcast by Karol Kulewski. Episode 11, Reform or Revolution, Part 1. Reform or Revolution, which was first published in 1898 to 1899 as a serial in the Leipziger Folk Zeitung, was republished in its revised form in 1908 and became known as the Orthodox Marxist response to Edward Bernstein's Problems of Socialism. We've talked about Bernstein before. The radical theory of inevitable capitalist crisis was one he repudiated. And as a result, it was peaceful progress through reform that could improve workers' conditions rather than revolution. To him, the ultimate aim for social democracy was social reforms rather than social transformation. In this rebuttal of Bernstein's work, which turned out to be one of her major works, Rosa Luxemburg first feels compelled to explain the title. How could social democrats be against reforms? Can we put against each other social revolution? the transformation of the existing order, to social reform? The answer, she says, is of course not. For her, and I quote from the introduction to Reform or Revolution, the daily struggle for reforms, for the amelioration of the condition of the workers within the framework of the existing social order and for democratic institutions, offer the social democracy the only means of engaging in the proletarian class war and working in the direction of the final goal, the conquest of political power and the suppression of wage labour. Between social reforms and revolution, there exists, for the social democracy, an indissoluble tie. The struggle for reform is its means. The social revolution, its aim. She goes on to write The opportunist theory in the party, the theory formulated by Bernstein, is nothing else than an unconscious attempt to assure predominance to the petit bourgeois elements that have entered our party, to change the policy and aims of our party in their direction. The question of reform and revolution of the final goal and the movement is basically in another form, but the question of the petit bourgeois or proletarian character of the labour movement. It is, therefore, in the interest of the proletarian mass of the party to become acquainted actively and in detail with the present theoretic controversy with opportunism. 
as long as the theoretic knowledge remains the privilege of a handful of academicians in the party, the latter will face the danger of going astray. Only when the great mass of workers takes the keen and dependable weapons of scientific socialism in their own hands will all the petit bourgeois inclinations, all the opportunist currents, come to naught. The movement will then find itself on shore and firm ground. Quantity will do it. In the first section of the book, Rosa Luxemburg comes back to Bernstein's theory and destroys it point by point in light of concrete recent examples. Here's where Rosa wrote in the section The Opportunist Method. to Bernstein, a general decline of capitalism seems to be increasingly improbable because, on the one hand, capitalism shows a greater capacity of adaptation and, on the other hand, capitalist production becomes more and more varied. The capacity of capitalism to adapt itself, says Bernstein, is manifested first in the disappearance of general crisis resulting from the development of the credit system, employers' organizations, wider means of communication and informational services. It shows itself, secondly, in the tenacity of the middle classes which hail from the growing differentiation of the branches of production and the elevation of vast layers of the proletariat to the level of the middle class. It is furthermore proved, argues Bernstein, by the amelioration of the economic and political situation of the proletariat as a result of its trade union activity. stand is derived the following general conclusion about the practical work of the social democracy. The latter must not direct its daily activity toward the conquest of political power, but toward the betterment of the condition of the working class within the existing order. It must not expect to institute socialism as a result of a political and social crisis but should build socialism by means of the progressive extension of social control and the gradual application of the principles of cooperation. Revisionist theory 
places itself in a dilemma. Either the socialist transformation is, as was admitted up to now, the consequence of the internal contradictions of capitalism, and with the growth of capitalism, will develop its inner contradictions, resulting inevitably at some point in its collapse, in that case the means of adaptation are ineffective, and the theory of collapse is correct. Or the means of adaptation will really stop the collapse of the capitalist system and thereby enable capitalism to maintain itself by suppressing its own contradictions. In that case, socialism ceases to be an historic necessity. It then becomes anything you want to call it, but it is no longer the result of the material development of society. The dilemma leads to another. Either revisionism is correct in its position on the course of capitalist development, and therefore the socialist transformation of society is only a utopia, or socialism is not a utopia, and the theory of means of adaptation is false. There is the question in a nutshell. Well, I have to say that I find this first part of reform or revolution really interesting because over a hundred years later now, we can see that there was value in both Bernstein's theories and in Rosa Luxemburg's views. I mean, Bernstein was correct in thinking that capitalism adapted, and we've seen that repeatedly over the 20th century, and, and even more now, I believe, in the, the early 21st century. We've seen how it does adapt. It definitely does. It doesn't collapse. And when it does, um, it comes back as something even worse. We've seen it um, after the big crisis of uh, 2008. Um, there was an issue with, um, with credit the credit crunch, as they called it, to make it sound kind of funny. But is it gone? Uh, is liberalism gone? No, it's not. It's just adapted. So I think Bernstein was right in, uh, in that respect. Um, now, what I think also is that there comes a moment where pressure is so intense uh, on the people, and we're seeing this at the moment in this country. We're seeing um, taxes being raised for the NHS, or so we've been told. Um, and meanwhile, taxes being cut for banks so that the city can still be competitive. I don't know, personally, I feel that like there's so much taking the piss uh, that governments can do to support capitalism to such an extent 
And there comes a time when maybe a revolution may be necessary. I'm following the French presidential campaign quite closely, and I can see the value of someone like Philippe Poutou, who's part of the new anti-capitalist party. And when he calls for a revolution, to be honest, his arguments make complete sense. So yeah, I think... uh, On this one, I'm neither fully with Rosa nor with Bernstein. I think, like I said, there's value in both the points of view. In the next episode, we'll examine how Rosa refutes Bernstein's theory on the adaptation of capitalism. <laughs>